Buenos dias. Welcome to the People Power Everything podcast. I am your host, John Dallas, and I believe that there is power in the masses. The goal of this podcast is to talk about that power, how we can help it manifest itself for all of us, and some lessons I've learned along the way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast titled The Art of Silence. So it's basically going to be 15 minutes of nothing. Just kidding. That would be cool though, wouldn't it? This week I'm actually following up on last week's discussion on the ability to respond or response ability. There's another way we can respond and I think it resonates with a lot of people. And that's no response at all. Just don't answer. And there are times that we cannot or should not respond. For example, in the case of road rage, it's best not to respond. And that goes for both sides. If you feel it, take a deep breath, carry on. That person who cut in front of the big line waiting to get on the highway, not worth it to get angry or cause an accident over. Absolutely not. They'll get theirs. A cop will pull them over at one point. It's all good. Another time is all those unsolicited emails you get in a day. I don't know about you, um, but my title for some reason apparently is like this massive target with LinkedIn or maybe something else, but I think it's LinkedIn. And I get about 30 unsolicited emails a day trying to sell me something. And I get five or six calls a day. And it's gotten to the point where I basically just delete the emails because Unless I'm actually looking for that product or service, it's not worth my time to even read them. I can tell right away if they are unsolicited. I get the same ones over and over again, so those get deleted pretty quick as well. And the calls, I just if I don't know the number, I just don't answer. Um, it's as easy as that. And if it's really an emergency, the person will leave me a message. Um, that's if, of course, I don't know the number. If I know the number, I'll answer. Probably. Maybe. Most of the time. But... If I were to look at all those emails and answer each and every one and then answer the calls and talk to the people and gave them the time that they want, unfortunately, I would only do that. I wouldn't actually do my job. I would just do that and probably work overtime just doing that. And the, the worst thing is I talked to somebody who builds these CRM systems, the customer relationship management systems, and he says, those are all automated, every one of them. So... You not responding, you're actually not responding to what ends up being a machine. I see them as another version of robocalls. I, I mean, they can be legitimate, but there's no human behind it. And then if you do respond, you, you'll get a human, sure. Um, for the people calling, I, I get it. You're trying to do your job, but at the same time, I, I can't spend the time. And I've taken an approach, if I do answer... I haven't, I don't answer much, but when I do, I tend to ask a question really quickly um, and to say, what do you want to sell me? Um, and I usually try to get, okay, their name, a bit of context about their company. Um, the last one was a recruiting agency. And I basically said, I, I appreciate your calling. Thank you very much. Call me back in three months. I don't need anybody now. So you and I talking right now will just waste, waste each other's time. So call me back in three months when I actually might have something for you. And the person said, yep, that's great. I'll put a note in my calendar. 
thanks for the quick response. I appreciate it. Have a good day. And that's all it took. And I remember that person now because of the approach. They weren't insulted. They didn't take it wrong. Um, I can be impatient when I answer those calls, especially if you do something like call me two or three times in a row to try to get me to answer. If you do that and you're a salesperson, you're not going to like me and I'm not going to like you. Um, Just fair warning for anybody listening that might be a salesperson doing cold calls. Don't do that. If you call me two, three times in a row, I think it's an emergency. If it's a sales call, it ain't an emergency, no matter how good you think your product is. So that's a a lesson where now I just don't answer. So sometimes it's appropriate not to respond. And there's other times when it's not productive. So when you're faced with unproductive arguments, ones that aren't going anywhere, people are each camped on their own positions, they don't want to give anything up, Um, they're biased either way, you're not going to get anywhere. So sometimes it's just not productive and you have to think about what are the strategic tactics to refrain from responding, maintaining composure, and then focusing on constructive communication. So there is something called the art of silence and that's more of a pause for reflection than actual non-response, but It's all about not engaging impulsively. And then choosing not to escalate the situation by avoiding personal attacks, emotional reactions, those can de-escalate tension. And this is all summed up by a quote by Viktor Frankl. If you'd never heard it before, uh, Viktor Frankl wrote, Man's Search for Meaning. And in that is a quote that goes, Between stimulus and response, there is space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Beautiful, amazing, mind-blowing. We are the owners of our response. And when something comes at us, we can take the time to think. We can take the time to measure our response and see what is worth doing or not doing. Another tactic is redirecting the conversation towards common ground, share goals. So when you're trying to resolve a conflict, don't try to beat the other person. That gets you nowhere. Each of you are stuck in your egos and it's just not going to move forward. Uh, people are biased. And when you're going up against a bias or the fact that they want to be right, you're not going to get anywhere. So shift that perspective to looking at what's the shared goal? What are we trying to get at? What's the win-win? And also set clear boundaries for respectful communication. And when those boundaries aren't respected, walk away. Stop responding. Or better yet, tell the person. I started working in a call center at the beginning of my career and we were trained to deal with these types of situations and it was pretty easy. It was if a customer starts to swear at you over the phone and you're not comfortable with that, I personally didn't really care. I'd basically respond, I'm sorry you feel that way and I'd try to move on. But if you didn't feel comfortable, you should just tell them. Sir, ma'am, madam, whatever. I'm not comfortable with how you're talking to me. I'd like you to stop. And if you don't stop, I will terminate the call. 
And if they continued, you can give them a second warning and say, I you know, told you before, if you don't stop, I will terminate the call. And if you keep going, just hang up. They'll call back. They'll swear at the next person. The next person will do the same thing. And at one point they'll learn or they won't get the help they need. And I also became a supervisor. And of course, when people wanted to talk to the supervisor, I want to talk to your manager. That's something that happened frequently in call centers. My first reaction was always, okay, pass them over. And I knew that for a lot of them, I'll probably have to sit there and listen to um, whatever they felt for about 10 minutes. And after 10 minutes, they would calm down and I would ask, okay, I understand you're frustrated. I understand it's you know annoying to have to call in here all the time and not get the service you want, but how can I help? And I, I get it. So they've been listened to by somebody in a position of power to them. As a supervisor, didn't have a lot of power, but I guess I had a little bit of power. But I had the power to listen and the power of silence and just letting them vent. And at the end of that, okay, I, I get it. Now what can we do to fix this? And last, you can prioritize in-person or private discussions. So having a big argument in a public forum, there's going to be ego involved. Um, unless you have a really, really strong culture, it's not going to be conducive to fixing things. So take things private, get out of the eye of all the watchers, um, remove ego from the equation, and you'll get a better response. In essence, the key in all this is to approach unproductive arguments with a thoughtful, intentional strategy that prioritizes constructive dialogue over reactive responses. Get out of the lizard brain, get into the thinking brain. Humans have evolved. Use that evolution to your benefit. One other concept I came across and I wanted to mention it while researching this week is called constructive criticism fatigue. This can happen. It can set in when individuals find themselves consistently bombarded with well-intentioned feedback. We might want our people to do good and give them the feedback and try to lift them up. But when we do too much of it, we leave them feeling overwhelmed and sometimes emotionally drained. So while constructive criticism is essential for personal and professional growth, I need it, you need it, we all need it. I like getting the constructive feedback, but if I get you know, overwhelmed with it, I won't have time to reflect on it, figure it out, learn from it, implement that learning into my next iteration, and then get the feedback again, which should include the things I've improved, if I've improved, of course, but it should include that, and then give me another opportunity to fail, get feedback, try again, repeat the cycle. You get where I'm going with this. But through all that, be recognized for trying and improving. Because at that point, that's when we want to go another round and say, okay, I can go again. And for those giving feedback, keep this in mind. Don't overwhelm people. Keep it reasonable. Give them the opportunity to fail, learn, try again. In all this fatigue, it can manifest itself as a reluctance to engage with feedback. You get too much of it, you just tune it out. Just, I don't care anymore. That's going to happen. And you can have a sense of constantly being under scrutiny. You can even have a decline in self-esteem. Thinking about it, you know, famous people, and I'm not famous by any stretch of the imagination, 
famous people who say, you know, there's a lot of pressure with always being watched. And I look at it and I can see how it happens. I can see how a famous person with millions of dollars and everything going with them can be depressed, even suicidal. And that's where we, as the people outside of that, need to think about that in all our interactions with other people. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know their state of mind. And there can be things that happen that we just don't understand. Uh, I read a study about um, Olympic medal winners who, after winning their gold medal, are depressed. And you kind of think, this is what you worked for your whole life. You got what you wanted. You arrived at your goal. It's awesome. It is awesome. But it's also a void after. It's you've worked your whole life to get to this thing and nothing else was important. You got there. So now what? It's empty. There's nothing there. I can get why depression could be on the other side of that. Just like when people retire without having anything to do other than work, their whole value, self-worth was tied up in work. And then something happens, they lose their job, they retire, they have no hobbies, they have few friends outside of work, their family's been abandoned because of their work ethic, which we call an ethic, which I find completely idiotic. They have nothing. And they're depressed and their health declines rapidly and they die. So these are the things that we need to make sure that we have balance. We balance the constructive criticism. We balance the effect it has on people. And we come back with positive reinforcement and acknowledging the achievements as we see growth in people. And we make it sustainable. So I got up on my soapbox a little bit there, but I hope you appreciated the message. And the message is sometimes it's okay not to respond. Sometimes it's okay to be quiet. Sometimes it's good to practice the art of silence and let people have the time to think about their response and do the same thing yourself. Take time to reflect. So not just to think, but to reflect. Take the time to really go through things and establish your stance and your response that you're going to give in a way that you're, um, I'd say almost proud of because you took the time and you'll get to better results. So I hope you have a good day and week ahead. Cherish the balance between engagement and contemplative stillness. Recognize the strength that emerges from thoughtful pauses in our interactions and all our interactions are with other people. And people power everything. So it's good to think about. Hope you appreciated that. Have a great day and week ahead. Love you.